0: Okay. So, welcome to the Ace of Spades podcast. First episode. This is what we're going to do maybe once a week during the regular season. It'll be a good way to talk about what's going on in the league uh, and add some fun and excitement, um, as well as make the league a little bit more inclusive. Talk about teams, talk about some trades that are going on, and maybe we'll expand a bit during the season and talk about, you know, just some general football stuff. So, I'm your host, Cam, AKA the ace of spades thanos aka mr four-time champ and i'm joined by my co-host kurt aka Curdy two-time aka kurt cashy aka mr take your girl whenever you want to aka mr on your ass and my other host Den. welcome how y'all doing man great intro good man denny how you doing my brother
1: I'm doing great, man. Thank you for all the accolades you threw my way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll we'll work on yours, bro. Me and, me and Kurt been rocking like cut off stockings for a few years, bro. So we got a little chemistry. But um, <laughs> um, we we can dive right into it. So this first episode I wanted to bring is is essentially a post draft rankings episode. We won't take too much time. We'll dive right into it. But we essentially want to talk about how we rank all twelve teams post draft. Um, it's our first episode, so so bear with us. We're just kind of try to see how it flows. Um, it's not going to be very formal. We're basically just going to be shooting the shit about, you know, what we think about everybody's team and how we rank them. Uh, each of us did our own individual rankings and put them together uh, in a consensus. So we'll go through an order from worst team to who we think has uh, the best team and the best chance to make the playoffs and contend for a title. So um, let's start with the team that we all had <laughs> in last place, our consensus 12th uh overall team, and that's uh uh ball so hardest taybron's team why don't, why don't you start Kate? tell us why you had taybron ranked twelve out of twelve
2: um, he doesn't have a lot of depth at like any position <laughs> um pretty much his whole roster is old with the exception of like DJ shark uh i mean and McCole Hardman, but he just doesn't have a lot of depth at like any position. Um, old roster, and he traded away his first pick. So, I mean, yeah, I don't see it getting any better for him anytime So, he didn't do well in the draft.
0: Uh, Devin Duvernay in the first round. Yeah, that was, that was a shock to all of us. I think um, we talked about this offline. He didn't have a second or third pick, so he's a big Ravens fan, and I guess he decided to just take his guy with his first. But, yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. Danny, what, what you got to say about Tabron's team?
1: And, you know, I appreciate all the heart he had. He he took his guy in the first round, had to do his thing, but unfortunately, he didn't really help out his fantasy team by doing that.
0: I I, I agree, man. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna break down this guy's roster. Um, he has two quarterbacks. He drafted Jordan Love with his f- fourth round pick. I don't necessarily think that's a bad pick, but he's not gonna be able to help him in any games this season. Um, we have a deep roster. It's a dynasty league. I probably should have talked about the format a bit. It's a two QB um tight end premium dynasty league we have 36 roster spots he only has four running backs on his roster two of them are not going to start uh two of them are probably cut candidates they should be guys on waivers rec Rick, and darius anderson uh melvin gordon austin Eckler. is only two backs so i don't really know what he's going to do during bye weeks he doesn't have a third qb he doesn't even have a third running back um curry i'll piggyback off what you said about his receivers mccall Harmon and jay shark those are the youngest talents on his team. Then he's got Edelman, Emmanuel Sanders, Golden Tate. Like Josh Gordon is not even on a fucking team right now. He's got Deshaun Jackson. He can't stay healthy. Larry Fitzgerald is almost 40. He doesn't have a lot of pieces. And uh, like Danny said, he didn't add anything during the draft. He added Duvernay, and then he spun back around in the fourth and grabbed Jordan Love. Um, his tight ends aren't good. His defense is shallow. He has six IDPs. I just don't see a way for him to compete um, for anything um, higher than a, than, a, than a top four finish. Um, I, I just don't see it. Anything else you want to add to this team?
2: Uh, No, we're not rivals.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a rivalry to me. All right, so, Tabron, if you get an opportunity to listen to this podcast, which knowing you, bro, you probably won't, but I wish you the best of luck, man. Uh, Probably 2022, 2023, you'll have an opportunity to to draft um, a centerpiece to your team. You don't really have one now, Uh, but I, I wish you luck, bro, in your future endeavors. But, hey, thanks for your pick, man.
1: Hey, and empty <laughs> roster <laughs> spots, empty roster spots ain't beneficial oh, yeah. either, man. Pick up them players; better yeah. on your bench than on waivers.
0: Agreed, 100%. Agreed, 100%. I don't think he has anybody in his taxi squad either, so he's just not a very active GM. And um, yeah, that's that's gonna cost him. He he's been he's been pretty successful in our league. Like we've been doing this for eight years. Tate has been in since the very first year. He's been consistently a playoff team like every year so not a knock on sabran as a gm like over what he's done over the course of his, his career ace of spades but uh, the future is not looking bright all right moving on our consensus 11 um i had bt ranked at 11 kurt adam at 10 danny adam at 11 so um not too much discrepancy there danny what do you want to say about bt's team why'd you rank them so low
1: Well, for one, um, he kind of ruined the week by giving away a first-round pick, potentially (laughs) top-three pick for a quarterback who doesn't necessarily have the starting position locked down. Um, His team did need quarterbacks, so I understand why he went and he reached for a quarterback, but I just don't see that really benefiting him more than a win or two, Uh, and his his future was probably better off than what it is. The only reason why I didn't place him in 12 was because he has better – wide receivers than uh Brown did. So uh, that would probably be his only saving grace.
2: Kurt. Oh, uh, yeah. For BT, man. Um, I was just looking at his, I looked at his roster. Uh, I do like some of the receivers that he has on his roster, but then I like Russell Wilson, but that's pretty much about it. Uh, he has two quarterbacks. Um, you know, aside from Russell Wilson, that uh, yeah, like I, I, their their job security is in question. Um, and his running backs, are like he has the remains of Todd Gurley, uh, Damian <laughs> Williams, and Tevin Coleman. Like that's probably like the, I mean, he might have the worst running backs in the league. If I'm being honest, uh, I did like some of his draft picks though, just to give him a, a compliment. There, I like uh, his first two. Um, Judy and uh, Ruggs. I, I thought those were good picks, but yeah, I, I mean, he has a, a lot of wide receivers, but that's pretty much it.
0: I agree. Yeah, I'll go through his, his roster breakdown as well and piggyback off both of you. He has um, a mid-tier QB1 and Russell Wilson. I think, obviously, like Russell is a great talent. Good fantasy QB as well. The depth behind Russell Wilson um, in a super flex league is not very promising. Mitch Trubisky, uh, he's in a 50-50 Competition with Nick Foles, he could potentially not even have a job going into the season. So that's dangerous in a, in a super flex league. Uh Jalen Hurts, I think he's a super talented player. I like that pick as well to pick it back off what you said, Kurt, with his first two. I'll go so far as to say his first three draft picks were good in my opinion. I think Jalen Hurts could be uh, a star at the next level. He's got that it factor, he's not necessarily a pure passer, but he could give you some of that Vic effect. Um yeah, he did make the trade uh with me to acquire Haskins, who was the quarterback that I picked at 60 overall. Uh, we had a five-round draft, so that was the very last pick in the draft, and uh, he sent his first overall pick for Haskins. Um, yeah, so don't think that was a, a necessarily a smart trade on it on his behalf uh, for the future of his team. I actually pitched uh, Haskins to get Marquise Brown, and that's what he countered with. So, yeah, um, yeah. Don't know, don't know what his strategy is there, but I mean, Haskins could could earn his job and keep it throughout the season. Uh, but even so, I, I, I don't think that. Um, like Danny mentioned, that's going to add a a huge win total on top of what he was already projected for. His running backs, I'll I'll agree with you, Kurt. He has the the remains of Todd Gurley. Uh, Latavius Murray is a handcuff. Tevin Coleman's a handcuff. Damian Williams, with the addition of Clyde edwards holera in Kansas City, he's a handcuff. Chris Thompson, uh, he could get past catching work in Jacksonville, but, you know, the jury's still on on that. Lynn Bowden, uh the Raiders' backfield it has a lot of depth, so I'm not sure uh, who this guy's going to be competing for touches with. They lined up uh, Jalen Rashard on an extension as well. Uh, Josh Jacobs, they could also potentially give him more passing work, so I'm not exactly sure. Lin Bowden can be used as an offensive weapon, but I don't know how that's going to translate to fantasy production. Miles Gaskin, we we talked about this in the chat. Like I was poking fun at BT, he's the fifth string running back on the, on the uh, <laughs> on the on the Miami Dolphins. I, I wouldn't take the second string running back on the Dolphins, so he's probably going to end up on waivers. I agree with what both of you said about his wide receivers. He does have good young wide receivers. BT is not in terrible shape uh, when it comes to his pass-catching core. He also has, you know, some young, promising tight ends that I think are really good, like TJ Hawkinson, um, Austin Hooper. We saw what he did last year before he got injured, as well as Njoku. Uh, But spinning out on the back end of his roster, talking about his IDPs, his defensive players, but he's got Earl Thomas, Marcus Peters. They don't generally make a a big impact on an uh, IDP format because they don't get a lot of tackles. And if you're dependent on pass deflection and interceptions, you're going to have a lot of hot and cold weeks. So um, he doesn't have any any uh, linebacker depth. He's got Bobby Wagner. Thomas D. I, just, yeah, I just don't see a lot of depth on his team. Uh, his strongest group is his receivers, but BT isn't aggressive enough in trades for me to feel like he can turn in, um, you know, his receivers for another centerpiece, like a running back or a high-end QB. So it remains to be seen what he's going to do to his roster. I don't think he's as bad as um, Tabron, but – Uh, BT's got a lot of work to do with turning around his roster. So uh, I think that's that on that, unless you guys have anything else to add to BT.
2: Um, No, I think that pretty much sums it up, man. Mm
0: All right. So coming in at our consensus 10th place team, we've got KB, right? I have Jamal.
1: Yeah, I think it's Jamal.
0: We missed I think I messed that up. It's actually uh, it's KB here, because we have. Oh, let me see. No, you guys are right. It's Jamal. My bad. So, Kirk, go ahead and talk about uh, Jamal. I had him ranked higher than you guys. I flip flop. Uh, I'll
2: say I'll say this about um, about Jamal's team uh again i think the the running back thing is like the concern there with the with jamal's team but i think what i can say about him uh just in general i think like he's the person who i've seen like the most improvement from over like the past like year and a half probably mm-hmm. i think he's like trending in the right direction i think he just he, uh yeah he's just like he's just real thin at um at running back uh and I think that's pretty much why I had him ranked where I had him ranked. Um I I don't love his wide receivers either. Like Diggs is in a new situation with a quarterback that has never thrown for 300 yards. And then you have, you know, Brandon Cooks who like gets a thousand yards but it's ugly every year. Um Yeah. Yeah. I I just I don't I don't love his receivers, but um I did like the draft picks that he made this year. I did think he like uh made some improvements with uh with the picks that, that he selected. Um, I think he was like need based, and he and he got like talented players. So I think that's that's that, uh, that's a good step in the right direction. But I just think like he's a little thin at uh, the skill position uh, right now. Skill okay. positions, I should say.
0: What about you, Denny? Because you had him at ten, and Kurt had him at eleven. I actually had him like tied with Chris at eight. So what do <laughs> what do you think about his team, Denny?
1: I think he did really well in the draft. I like his draft picks. He took two two receivers that were good, IU, Um and he took Mims. somebody else, uh, Mims, which was good. He managed to get himself Burrow. I felt like as far as the draft goes, he did as best as possible what he could. He probably should have taken a running back, but normally you got to go BPA, um, so I can't hate on him for that. I would say that the reason why his team is lower than, than what I would have wanted to have placed him at is for the same thing that Kurt said. His running backs, I mean – I don't really know what David Johnson has left. And, you know, James White has a new quarterback. And, I mean, he's never really been, like, a lead horse back. So, um, that could be a problem for him. But I, I actually do like his receivers. I feel like Brandon Cooks could have a better year this year, considering that he's going to be the WR1 there in Houston. Uh, like I mentioned, I like the, the wide receivers he picked up. Yeah. And then he has two two good tight ends. I mean, he has Kittle and Andrews. I don't know. I mean, like he could potentially flip one of those and, and acquire an asset or, or a pick that could definitely improve his team.
0: I, I agree 100%. I'll, I'll, I'll go through his, his roster as well. So I actually had Jamal pretty high because I think he had the best draft um, based on the amount of picks that he hit. Uh, based on the amount of picks that he had and what he hit on. So um, everybody in the league should be familiar with the trade that he made with KB. KB had the sixth overall pick. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, Jamal had the sixth overall pick. KB had picks um, 11 and 12, and Jamal did a trade back to acquire those picks um, using his sixth overall. And with those two picks, he ended up taking Joe Burrow and um, Denzel Mims back-to-back. So I thought those were fantastic picks. His roster breakdown, is he has Matt Ryan, who is, I think he's like 36 years old or 35 years old. So he's got probably four or five more years out of Matt Ryan, and he drafted Joe Burrow. So uh, he was the consensus number one QB in this draft. And in a super flex league, QBs are super valuable. Um, We don't draft QB heavy because, I mean, you got to know your league. And it's just the nature of our league. We tend to draft skill positions first. So he's able to get Joe Burrow at a really good value. And then he spun back around and took like two QBs who got some potential to play early in the season, Tyrod Taylor and Ryan Fitzpatrick. They should both be upseated by uh, the rookies behind them. But he got some um, QB handcuffs that could potentially play for the first five, six weeks of the season. Jamal's running backs are absolutely terrible um he does not have running backs uh Duke Johnson James White we talked about them but his receivers aren't bad and um i look at teams pass catchers as a whole it's a tight end premium league you get uh one full point per reception for tight ends and he's got two tight ends that could be back end wide receiver ones so I didn't really take into account that his top two receivers were Stefan Diggs and Cooks even though I think those dudes are high end wide receiver twos especially based on what Danny said uh like there's a lot of vacated targets with Brandon um I'm sorry with DeAndre Hopkins leaving and going to Arizona. So, uh, Brandon Cook should have, like, a ton of targets just filling into that wide receiver role there. Um, the rest of the receivers, like, he's got some receivers with upside Darius Slayton, who was, like, uh, Daniel Jones, like, number one receiver. Uh, Daniel Jones actually likes to throw it as outside receivers, which is interesting because quarterback, like, rookie quarterbacks usually lean on, like, slot receivers and tight ends, but he was he was throwing it down the field. So, I think Darius Slayton is also uh, good with Alan Lazard as well. He showed some upside last year. He could be potentially the number two uh, pass catcher in green bay and then like danny Hill on he's got Brandon ayuk and denzel mims so his receiving core is actually really good to me um stefan diggs brandon cooks darius slayton brandon ayuk denzel mims george Kittle, mark andrews i, I think his team's really good like i said i have him tied at, uh, for eighth with 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 chris the only thing he's missing is uh really one good running back and if he's a top five top four pick next year he'll be able to draft one um you got his defense is pretty deep too. Like I know you guys like don't drill into IDPs like I do, but um he's got two good safeties in Javril Peppers and Marcus Williams. He's got really good pass rusher and defoe and TJ Watt, uh, as well as up and coming pass rusher in Josh Allen. He needs some linebacker depth, but his team his team is up and coming. It's really young and he's got his pick for next year, unlike the aforementioned teams that we just spoke of. So um I think I think he's actually in line to move up really quickly. If he if he can go into next year's draft and get Chuba Hubbard or or Travis Etienne. He's going to be top six for me. He's going to be a playoff team for me. Um, all right. Who can we go to next? Uh, I think next we got – who's next on you guys' list? Because I think I flipped this around.
1: KB, I believe. KB.
0: All right. Danny, you start. KB.
1: Um, I like KB's team as well. Uh, I feel like Tom Brady's is a starting quarterback. He's on a new team with better offensive weapons, so that should be good for him. Uh, I like his his receivers as far as it goes. They're pretty young, like, for example, Sutton. Uh, And I also like uh, Noah Fant. I mean, Noah Fant had a pretty good rookie year. I want to say they compared it to Kittle's rookie year, so I feel like he has the potential to have a top five tight end there and Noah Fant.
0: Kurt, what about you?
2: Yeah, actually uh like all of these teams in this range was actually pretty close uh for me. I like KB's team. Um I think he has two uh solid QBs. Um with the uh, Tom Brady and um uh, Daniel Jones, I think that's that's uh that's pretty good. I, I think the thing that I didn't like about KB's team is I don't like his bench very much. I like the players that uh like that he has in his starting lineup, but I I don't really I don't really like his bench. I don't I don't think he has like a a third QB. I, I know he has Cam Newton, but Cam Newton doesn't even have a job right now. So like uh, bye weeks are probably going to be a struggle for KB because he doesn't have a lot of depth on his bench. But I think position by position, he's pretty strong in terms of like his uh his starters.
0: I agree. I agree with everything uh, both of you said. Um, yeah, you Kurt, you hit you hit the nail in the head for me. Um, t- truthfully, I, I think Tom Brady is a starter, like Danny said, but man the the cliff, like, for QBs, it doesn't ever creep up on you. It's, like, they start a season after an off season and they're they're just really bad. Once the time yep. is up, it's up. So, I don't know. KB could be in, like, really, really bad shape if Tom Brady doesn't come out here and perform and throw for at least, you know, like, 41 4,200 yards. Uh, but he's got some really good weapons. He's in a really good offense, so I think Tom Brady should be fine for the rest of the year. They paid him fucking like 20, $25 million over the course of two years, like $50 million over two years, so I don't think he, he, he's in, in jeopardy of, of losing his job. So, um... Yeah, his, his QB situation is shallow. I think Cam will land somewhere and probably still somebody's job. So uh, that remains to be seen. But yeah, I agree. For bye weeks, as long as Cam's situation is up in the air, uh, that's a little scary. So his his team could be like volatile throughout the year. His skill position players, like Danny said, they're really good. I love North. I tried to send him an offer for North earlier. He declined, which was smart on his behalf. Um, his receivers are good. Robert Woods is like. A poor man's Chris Darwin. Uh He's a technician. He gets open. He's the number one receiver, uh, the outside receiver for the Rams' offense. So, Sean McVay is a good play caller. He gets Robert Woods open, and he's usually finished around, you know, um, a top twenty wide receiver every season. Cortland Sutton, he's ascending. I don't know what the value of Christian Kirk is with Nuke with being there, but Debo Samuel, uh, San Francisco finds ways to get him the ball. Uh, Paris Campbell, they're talking about using him in the slot, so he should have some opportunities there with Philip Rivers, a veteran QB, and he drafted uh, T Higgins, and he also has like Hunter Renfro, who could be. Like a good wide receiver for flex play uh, during bye weeks and things like that. Uh, He drafted J.K. Dobbins in the draft. I thought he hit the nail on the head with that pick. Um, He's probably going to have to wait a little while for Dobbins to produce. I don't know what that backfield is going to look like. Something came out uh, earlier in the week about them wanting to use all four of their backs. So you never like to hear that. Um, He did acquire Aaron Jones in the offseason. He sent his next year's first. Uh, That's another reason I have KB ranked pretty low, because he doesn't have any first-round draft capital for next year. Uh, But I think his skill position players are good enough to keep him above Uh, the first three teams that we ranked. His defense is really good. He's got, uh, we have big play IDP scoring. So he's got Nick Bosa, Chandler Jones. Those are sack monsters. He's got Devin white. He's a great uh, linebacker for IDP. And he's got Jesse Bates uh, and Terrell Edmonds, who is really good safety. So um, I like KB's team. Um, I would like his team a little more if he had, is his first runner for next year. But um, I think he's, he's clear clearly over uh, the top guys, the the bottom guys, I should say that we ranked uh, before him, except Jamal. I put Jamal at him, Uh, but uh Tabron and BT. I think he's clearly above those guys. So uh any last words for KB? No,
2: I'm good with uh mm-hmm. with what was said.
0: Okay, who do we got next? Uh Ray. All right. Let's talk about Ray Kurt. You go ahead.
2: Yeah, uh Ray is, you know, um in a similar position uh as KB, in my opinion. Well, except he has like draft capital. But um yeah he uh he has good starters like good players that he can you know start from uh, week to week it's just not like uh a lot of depth on his team um actually like uh looking at his his wide receiver situation is actually looking a little uh little shaky to me um i don't yeah i mean aside from Tyreek Hill, i don't really love any of these wide receivers. Uh, I'm interested in uh, Johnson from the Steelers. I want to see, like, how he performs with uh, Big Ben. I want to see if they, like, have that chemistry. But I know he showed, like, flashes last year. And, you know, that could be a solid wide receiver. He could play, but I don't really – I'm not a fan of, like, Will Fuller. And, uh, yeah. Um, But, I mean, overall, though, it's pretty much the same situation as uh, as KB. He has, like, decent starters. He just doesn't have, like – much in terms of like a bench, not a lot of
0: depth. Day,
1: I like Ray's team. I feel like he probably has had one of the more improved teams in the past couple of years. Not to go back too far, but I feel like he hit on his Sanders pick from last year. And I believe he traded for for Drake as well, who is going to end up being the lead back there in Arizona. So um, as far as that goes, I mean, he almost – he just traded you for three ones. So, I mean, he's been trading pretty well. Um, and he only does have Hill as a starting wide receiver, but I mean, like uh, KB mentioned, he does have Johnson in there. That I mean, there's been a lot of hype around him, and then he drafted Jefferson and Claypool, and I think either one of the, one of those two has to hit. So I feel like his team's in good shape as far as it goes, and he has a lot of draft capital. So his room only his his team only has room to improve. Um, and you know, I also got to shout him out for taking Swift because I was hoping Taylor found <laughs> me.
0: All right. Um, yeah. Uh, Ray's team, I, I actually, um, I, I I agree with what, what Kurt said about his wide receiver situation. The more and more I look at Ray's team uh, and, and his future outlook over the next few years, I really like Ray's foundation. He's got, I, I'd say Ray has like a QB issue because he has Tannehill and he has Baker. But this year, I think Ray's running backs are really, really strong um and that can kind of carry him especially above uh the bottom four teams um i think baker is going to be a low-end qb1 this year i believe i believe in his talent baker's not a superstar qb in the nfl in my opinion but i think the kevin stefanski offense the new head coach what he did in minnesota is going to help baker a lot because he moved the pocket a lot a lot of play action off the run game they improved the offensive line a lot getting conklin from tennessee uh and drafting uh, a good left tackle in the draft so they're going to be really good running the ball and i think that'll help baker he'll run some boot action play action off of that and probably get um some cleaner pockets and line of sights uh, from moving the pocket because he, he's a short qb and i think that was his problem last year freddy kitchens had him dropping back a lot and trying to read the field and that's just not baker's strength so i like baker Tannehill. he should be a low end qb1 maybe a high end qb2 but um that's not ray's strength his strength is actually in his rvs he's got A really good, strong dynasty RB in Miles Sanders. Danny, you mentioned that King and Drake is going to be the lead back from Arizona. He could have some up and down weeks, but his up weeks are really up. Uh, Kareem Hunt, he's not going to be coming off suspension or surgery like he was last year. So he should be in line for huge, huge workload in the passing game. But also, he should mix into the run game as well. That's why I'm not really high on Nick Chubb this year um, because of Kareem Hunt. And he led the league in rushing his rookie year. He's a talented back. So they're probably going to be splitting that workload even in the rushing game, maybe 70-30, 60-40. So uh, Kareem Hunt should have a lot of value as a second flex. And DeAndre Swift, he's in a timeshare with Carrion Johnson for now, but he's the better back. Kareem always rises to the top. DeAndre Swift is the probably the, the purest pass catcher uh, out of the entire rookie draft, and he's going to slot right in as as a 1-1 one, one punch in that Lions backfield. So I like Ray's running backs a, a lot. His receivers, he doesn't have good receivers at all, but Tyree Kill is potentially a top-five receiver this year, and he has – uh Deontay Johnson as a prospect who I believe in a lot he was one of the top rookies last year in creating separation uh Van Jefferson uh they drafted him in the second round he has a ton of draft capital so he's gonna be on the field they're gonna use him I watched him a lot at Florida Uh, he's a really good route runner he's a technician so they'll probably put him in the slot I don't think they're gonna re-sign Cooper Cup uh and I think that's the reason that they drafted Van Jefferson that remains to be seen but uh, I don't think Van Jefferson is gonna be a good outside receiver um so We'll see how they utilize him, but but for now, Ray's probably going to be leaning on Tyreek Hill, hoping Will Fuller stays healthy, and you know Marvin Jones with Stafford coming back should increase his value as well. Ray's in desperate need of a tight end, but um, he's got a couple first-round picks next year, and he's got a second-round pick, so he can potentially find a tight end in the draft. Um, his IDPs are pretty good uh, They're not deep, but they're good He's got Jalen uh, Smith, Eric Kendricks, Chris Jones, Ark Amstead On his on his um, uh, defensive line And then he's got the number one uh, IDP Defensive back from last year, Buda Baker So his team's pretty good in my opinion I think I think Ray will be okay I think if he hits on his draft picks over the next couple of years uh, He could be a top six team as well Alright, who do you guys got next?
2: Uh, I believe it was Chris
0: Alright, Danny uh, You start with Chris and then hand it over to Kurt
1: um you know do you guys know who chris drafted in in the first round this year
2: he didn't have a first uh that was he traded that piece to Cam.
1: okay yeah i was trying to see because i couldn't find the the pick that would be his first rounder but i mean as far as the starting roster goes i feel like for this year he'll be fine i mean his bench probably could use a little bit of help um but i feel like chris did a pretty good job of uh hitting the waivers after the draft was over he was one of the uh, GMs that capitalized the most on the quarterbacks that should have probably been taken towards the end of the draft. Uh, he's probably one of the six GMs in the league that has at, at least three starting quarterbacks that he can go ahead and play on his bye week. So I feel like that will be a strength for him. And, of course, Kenny Galladay and Thielen should be okay. Um, I feel like his, his skill position starters are pretty good. Uh, and he has Hunter Henry, who, who should be a top five tight end. So um, I feel like he's been doing a great job.
2: Yeah, uh I I agree with uh what you said. I think um the that's I think the reason why I had Chris rank so high is because I I place a lot of importance on having um three like starting quarterbacks and I think uh you know that's <clears throat> that's uh, gonna be something that's beneficial uh for Chris this year. Um running back situation he has Derrick uh, Derek Henry, Le'Veon Bell, uh Jordan Howard, um I don't really. Uh, I don't. I don't. Uh, he has McKissick, yeah, for whatever that's worth, and Henderson and EJ Dallas. You know, Benjamin. He has a lot of running backs. Uh, I don't really love any of his running backs. Um, I think. I think he has. I mean, at least I think Derrick Henry and Le'Veon Bell would be like productive. Maybe. Uh, I think Derrick Henry should probably be an RB one. Uh, Le'Veon Bell would probably be a high high end RB two, maybe. Um, if not RB1, uh, Kenny Galladay, Adam Thielen. I think he has good starters, uh, Chris. I, I I like his starters. I think he has a little more bench depth than the people who we have ranked um, below him in terms of, like, uh, I mean, quarterback for one, but also, like, I, I mean, I think he has um, at least, like, adequate or playable uh, wide receivers from week to week. That's why I have him ranked a little higher than some of those other teams. I think uh, – I think he's
0: a top six team. Go ahead, Cam. We'll do the bottom half and the top half. Um, I'll touch on Chris's team because I know that's where you guys left off. Um, I wasn't as high on Chris's team as the two of you. You both had him at six. I had him ranked uh, in eighth place. Um, yeah. For no real particular reason, like you're splitting hairs when you're talking about like these teams, but I mean, he has QB depth for now. I mean, he has Carson Wentz, Kirk Cousins. They're both under contract for the next few years. They should be fine. And Teddy Bridgewater is under contract for the next few years. So he has three QBs more depth than most people in terms of starting QBs at the position. His running backs, I mean, I, I'm just not in love with with, with Chris's um, the production age of his players. Like Derek Henry, he's 26 years old. He's on a franchise tag. They're about to run the hell out of him, bro. So, looking at Chris's future outlook, I'm not sure what to think about Derrick Henry and Le'Veon Bell. If I were Chris, I'd be flipping both of those for younger assets and some draft capital. But everybody's going to manage their team the way that they see fit. Um, GMs like Chris, bro, uh, like – Chris makes me laugh, man, because he'll try to hold on to his players and then he ends up holding on to them until they're past their peak and then he can't get any value for them in trades. I think he did that with Le'Veon Bell. I encouraged him to trade Chris after Le'Veon had a good a good game last year. I think it was week three, week four, and he just said on them like people gotta be more aggressive with the trades because you got people who are out here contending and he could flip a player who's going to be a high-end R B two, like Kurt mentioned, to somebody who's a contender and get you know, a younger asset or an ascending player as well as some draft capital go with it. And the trade will work out in both teams' favor. I don't think having Le'Veon Bell on Chris's roster does him any good. Not even players like Jordan Howard. I mean Jordan Howard would be the starter in Miami this year. Jordan Howard's still a pretty young player, but he's not a three down player, so he's always gonna get his work cut into by a third down back. Um if I were Chris I would be in rebuild mode. Chris is one of those GMs who um he wants to squeak into the playoffs, close his eyes and pray. But he doesn't have enough to beat the top three teams, so um, I, if, if I were Chris, I would be in rebuild mode. He's got some young players. I love Terry McLaurin. I think he's an ascending wide receiver. I think he'll eventually be a high-end wide receiver too. He has the the physical profile to end up if he can if he can become a more refined route runner, create, you know, separation consistently. One on the outside, he could be a wide receiver one in my opinion. He's super talented. He flew under the radar coming out of Ohio State. They thought he was a, a punt returner, but he's actually turned into a pretty polished receiver. Uh, Nikhil Harry, he didn't get a fair shake last year. He came in off injury. Um, so he didn't really get the opportunity to prove himself. He could be better with a with a new regime, a new quarterback, um, uh, maybe target the outside receivers a little more than Tom Brady did. And uh, Kenny Galladay, who I think has wide receiver one upside, um, especially with Matt Stafford plan, at minimum, Kenny Galladay is a high-end wide receiver, too. He he has been for the past two seasons. So um, I believe I believe in some of his wide receiver talent, but his, his running backs, I think I heard Kurt mention, you know, not really in love with any of his running backs. Uh, neither am I. Uh, I think some of these running backs down the depth chart have a chance uh, but like like I mentioned earlier, his top two running backs, Derrick Henry and Le'Veon Bell, I just think he could he could flip Derrick Henry, especially for all to a team who's really competing for a championship. His his tight ends, uh, I don't think Hunter Henry can be a top five tight end like Danny mentioned. Uh, we talked about players like Noah Fent earlier. There are just too many ascending tight ends who I think are going to get some target share um, to prevent Hunter Henry from cracking that that top five. He's always been consistent when he plays, but he, he can't stay healthy either. And they also have a new QB. It's not Phillip Rivers there who loves throwing to his running backs and tight ends. So that remains to be seen. I think Hunter Henry is talented. He has really good hands. Uh, but his athletic profile isn't really high, so he's not a guy who's going to go out there, create a ton of separation, and, and demand a lot of targets. So we'll see. Uh, Chris, his IDPs are pretty shallow. He's He's got some okay IDPs. I'm not in love with his DBs. Minka Mink- Fitzpatrick is more of a like DB3 for me. Uh, so is Tyron Matthew. These are guys that don't get a lot of tackles. Um they can get you some interceptions, some pass deflections here and there, but they're not going to be consistent enough to warrant me considering them as like a top twelve, top twenty-four DB. But we'll see. Um, he's got good pass rushes. He's got Miles Garrett, and Jadamion Clowney. Clowney doesn't have a team, but he will land somewhere before the season starts. It's just a matter of where. And um he needs help at linebacker too. Like Zach Cunningham, like he's okay. Danny Trevathan, Um Chris needs to load up on some on some IDPs. Um, all right. Who do we got next on the list? Almo. Uh, yeah. Elmo. All right. Why don't you go ahead, Kurt? Let's talk about Elmo. Let me, okay, let me uh, give me just one second.
2: Yep. So, Elmo. Um, what did I like about? Uh, okay, so I looked at Elmo's team, and the thing that stood out to me like uh, immediately was uh, Chris Godwin, DK Metcalf, and Zach Ertz. Like, uh, I like that. Like, that's 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 solid. You got Lamar Jackson, of course. Like, um which is good. He also has um, – he drafted Keyshawn Vaughn, which I thought that was a good pick. He has a, he has to get some work there with the Buccaneers. He um, also did pretty well on the waivers. He went ahead and uh, picked up Gardner Minshew, who was at least initially going to be the starter there in Jacksonville. Um, so I think that's a good pickup for him and somebody you can plug in on his bye week. Um, uh, got Justin Jefferson. as somebody who, uh, you know – um could be in line for a lot of work uh in Minnesota, if not this year, the following year. Um yeah, I mean I, I I like uh I like Elmo's team and um I think even more than I like his team I believe in Elmo as a GM even though you know he made some, yeah, I uh, agree. some trades that like set him back a little bit. Like I think Elmo does like a lot of draft research so he does really well in a draft. Yeah. For um sure. He does really well on waivers. I, I mean, you know, uh, I think he has the potential to, like, turn it around. And he'll be, you know, has potential to, or not even turn it around because he's going to be a playoff team this year, I think. And I think um, going forward, he could be somebody that's competing for a championship if he makes, a, a, okay. you know, the right moves.
0: Danny?
1: I honestly agree with most of the things that uh, Kurt just said. Uh, those three players, Godwin, Metcalf, and Ertz stick out. Um, and and I also agree with the fact that I feel like he, he drafts really well. I have faith in him as a GM. And if you look at his running backs, he, he got David Montgomery for a second, which was a steal. And then Breida leaving San Francisco opens up some more room for uh, Raheem there in San Francisco. So I feel like his team is good. For sure. Uh, like he mentioned, he does have three starting quarterbacks. He hit the waiver wire after and got Ninshu So he's going to be one of those – Few GMs that does have three starting quarterbacks to to play at any time, um, but yeah, most importantly, I feel like his team is is pretty pretty well off considering that he did have a few bad breaks, like A. B. or uh, Andrew, Andrew Luck, Luck. Um, yep, or or even the fact that that Detroit ended up drafting a running back when I didn't really expect that considering uh, the hype that was around Carry On. So he's had a few a few bad breaks, not really necessarily his fault, and his team is still looking pretty good. He drives
0: the ball. I agree. Yeah, you guys both had Elmo at seven. I actually had Elmo at four. I, I just love Elmo, man. I give Elmo shit all the time, but I, I love Elmo. He's he's a cool dude and he's a really good fantasy GM. Um, I, I wasn't super impressed with Elmo's draft of this past season, honestly. Um, I'm a lot lower on Justin Jefferson than a lot of even fantasy analysts and experts. I just I, th- I think he's a slot guy, and then they also have like the biggest slot receiver in the NFL like Adam Thielen so if they try to put Justin Jefferson on the outside I just don't think he has the size and strength to win against big DBs like that remains to be seen that's like kind of like a deeper football analysis but if they put Justin Jefferson into the slot I think he could be really productive and in line for a lot of targets like Kurt mentioned Um, I have Elmo ranked so high just because he has the number one QB in fantasy he has Lamar Jackson Uh, we have a four-point uh, per passing touchdown league. Uh, we're still deciding on whether we're going to do four or five, but I think we're going to leave it at four just because we don't want to overinflate inflate uh, passing TDs. But I do want to find a balance between um, giving rushing QB so much value uh, and a guy going out there and getting like 15 passing attempts but getting 30 fantasy points. So we're still figuring out the scoring, but I think we're going to roll a four-point. Either way, Lamar Jackson is probably the consensus number one fantasy QB just because his rushing floor is so high. Uh, Elmo doesn't have any other high-end QBs, but he's got – two QBs that should be, like, mid-tier QB2s and Jimmy Garoppolo and Gardner Minshew. I like what you said, Denny, about the workload for Raheem Mostert. Uh, He does have to look out for Jamichael Hasty, bro. I mean, the Jimmy (laughs) guy that I just picked up off waivers, but we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, He did get David Montgomery for me for a second-round pick. I thought that was a, a really good trade. I traded away Montgomery because I wanted to draft a QB, and we draft QBs late, so I used that pick to get Tua. Uh, he really needed a running back i needed a qb because my qbs were really old at the time uh so it was a good trade for for elmo there and uh he's got some sneaky kind of running backs bro like carry on. like we may not look at him as a as a back in rb1 like everybody was was hoping for that he would be last year uh because they drafted deandre swift obviously but Karyon Johnson is good, man. Uh, anytime he plays, he's, he's been productive. The Lions' O-line oh, has been terrible. So no running back has been successful there. I think that's more of an offensive line and Lions problem than it is a Carryon Johnson problem. So it remains to be seen what that workload is going to look like for both of those Detroit backs. Like I said earlier, I think there'll be a 1-1 punch. Uh, he's got Tariq Cohen, who Matt Nagy said they want to give more work to David Montgomery in the running game. He used Tariq Cohen more in the slot, so he could potentially play both of those backs at the same time. I'm not a big Keyshawn Vaughn fan. I think fantasy analysts like super overhyped him, which is potentially why Elmo drafted him. I think Elmo got him with like pick eighteen, so I I still think it's a steal and great value. I just don't like Keyshawn Vaughn as a prospect. Uh, He's got a really good, two really good handcuffs. Um, He's got Alexander Madison uh, from from Minnesota, who's like the backup to Dalvin Cook, who. Hasn't played 16 games uh, once in his three seasons in the NFL so far. And he's also got Marlon Mack, who they obviously spent a ton of draft capital to get Jonathan Taylor drafted in early in the second round. But Marlon Mack, he's been semi-productive when he's played. And um, he should cut into a lot of the workload there um, And in Indianapolis. They want to run the ball a lot. Philip Rivers is older. I know they want to take some pressure off him with the running game. Then he's got Boston Scott, who catches passes in Philadelphia. So they're pretty good. Uh Perry, you hit the nail in the head talking about his receivers. Chris Gowan, love him. DK Metcalf. Uh, as an ascending wide receiver. He picked up uh, uh, the ghost of Corey Davis. I, I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what <laughs> he plans to do with Corey Davis. But I mean, he he did have first round draft capital, so maybe he gets another shot and produces. He's got John Ross as well, and Antonio Gandy Golden is a receiver that I liked a lot coming out of college. He's not an elite separator, but r- the Redskins just don't have any pass catchers, so Antonio Gandy Golden could be in line for a lot of work and be productive. He has um, um, a top five. Uh, fantasy tight end over the past few seasons as well and and zach Ertz. he doesn't have much depth behind behind uh him at tight end but zach ertz is an elite tight end one. Uh his IDPs need some work in my opinion. Um I don't like DBs, uh cornerbacks I should say, uh as my as my D B slot, just because you gotta depend on, you know, pass deflections, even though we get a fair amount of value for those in this league. Uh, Melvin Ingram, he's a great pass rusher. Carlos Dunlap is okay and Brian Burns are kinda like back in deep uh DNs like DN twos. Uh and he he needs some help at linebacker in my opinion. But uh Scheme has so much to do with, like, linebackers, he'll be able to pick some of those guys up off waivers. But all in all, I love Elmo's team. Love his QB situation, even though he only has, like, one elite QB, but you only really need one if you got two other QBs that you can stream, which he does, in Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and Gardner Minshew. So uh, I like his team a lot. That's why I had him at four. Who's up next? Me. Uh, Denny. All right, Kurt, talk about Denny's team. Um,
2: Well, so I'll start on a little note, Denny. Uh, don't really love your QB situation, my brother. But um I mean, other than that, man, you're pretty solid like at every position. I, I know um DJ Moore, AJ Brown, they're getting like a lot of hype just based on, you know, what they showed like uh, last year. Deserve deserved hype. Um so that's so you can look forward to them. Like uh hopefully they'll produce like live up to the hype going uh, going into this season. But I think the reason why I had Denny's team ranked so high is not just because of those two players, but I I feel like he has uh, a lot of good wide receivers. Um, And uh, I think he just has, like, yeah, I think he has a lot of good wide receivers. And he has, like, a a good amount of running backs that's going to get, like, that that will get touches. Um, I just don't like a QB situation, and I don't like the fact that you only have, like, six IDPs. But other than that, like, yeah, I think uh, you're, you're pretty solid
0: you talk about yourself, man, as awkward as it is.
1: Well, we could definitely say I fumbled the situation with the QBs. And, you know, Kurt hating on my QBs, even though he sent me one of them. Thanks, bro. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like Stafford. <laughs> I like the other <laughs> Regardless,
1: a, a third for Stafford was, was pretty fair. So, I mean, yeah, to state the obvious, I, I don't have a third starting quarterback, which I praised other GMs for having, but that was after realizing my own mistake on not having drafted a, a QB. If I could do it over, I would definitely take Rivers at the end instead of Eason or something like that. Um, but yeah, I definitely feel like my strength are wide receivers. Uh, like Kurt mentioned, I have a few running backs that can rotate in there, and uh, Jacobs, Taylor, Carson, and you know Rojo coming out of nowhere. Um, and uh, last year, I think uh, Ted end was a big problem for me, but I want to, you know, at the end of the season, Kaseki really came up. So I honestly, am um, I have a lot of, a lot of hope for him this year. So that's pretty much it for me.
0: Yeah, I have you ranked at six. Kurt had you at five, and you had yourself at. I agree with what Curtis said about your QB situation. You definitely fumbled the bag on QBs. You had three second-round picks and decided to load up on skilled players, which, uh, if I'm not mistaken, like, you and BT have the most, like, skill player count on your team. Um, so, yeah, you got Stafford, who I, I think is a great player when healthy. He- he's dealing with, like, a lot of major injuries. Like, you never want to hear about a quarterback with a-, a fucking back injury. So it remains to be seen um you know how productive Stafford is going to be in on the back nine of his career because he is getting up there in age like reaching his uh, mid-30s Derek Carr I'm not even going to troll you on, on this podcast for sake of time you know how I feel <laughs> about Derek Carr and then uh, you got Jacob Easton here who probably won't see any snaps for the next two years uh at best so unless unless something happens with with Philip Rivers so do not like the QB situation uh but I do like other areas of your team. Um, I'll touch on Mike Kaseki quickly. Uh, I told you to pick him up last year after I dropped him from my team. He has a great athletic profile and he's more so like a split-in slot receiver than he is like a tight end. So I think with my guy Tua there, uh, you got some potential upside with upside with I, I think he's a really good pass catcher and uh, he's he's a really good athlete. So he could be in the line for a lot of work there. Uh, your running back situation is pretty solid. Um you got Josh Jacobs. Um he was a back end RB one last year. He even missed games and he didn't get a lot of targets. So he's kinda like Derrick Henry in the sense that you know he's so, he's so good on the ground with the carries that he gets. He's so efficient and um uh he scores so many uh fantasy points just with what he does in the rushing game. He doesn't necessarily have to get a ton of targets. If he if Josh Jacobs got targets, he'd be a top five fantasy running back. I think I think he's really good, I believe, in his talent. You drafted Jonathan Taylor um with the third overall pick. So I think your running backs, at least your top two, are sewn up for quite a while. Don't really believe in your RB depth after that. I don't like A.J. Dillon as a prospect. I could be completely wrong on him, but I'm not high on him. Devin Singletary, same thing. He's he's short, unathletic. Um, he is elusive in the open field. He can't make people miss, so I think he'll have a job in the, in the NFL for quite a while. Uh, same thing with Chris Carson. Um, he's really good on a per-carry basis in ter- terms of his elusive rating and force missed tackles. He's a really good back, but dude can't stay healthy, and uh, he's in trouble because – they just signed Carlos Hyde, and um, they love to use committee Rashad Penny. After Chris Carson had that really bad stretch where he was fumbling a lot, Rashad Penny was eating into his workload like crazy, and he was doing a really good job. So, jury's out on Chris Carson to me, but I really love uh, Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Taylor. You got a bunch of handcuffs backs. So I won't go through all of them, um, except I'll touch on J- uh, Josh Jackson just because uh, Justin Jackson just because um um I got the real like Melvin Gordon, the new Melvin Gordon, you know. Joshua Kelly is going to take his work. You know, Eckler and and Jackson are both under 200 pounds. So, uh, you know who's going to be the lead back there. But I'll get into that when we talk about my team. Um, Love Danny's Danny's receivers. Even though I'm not as high on A.J. Brown and D.J. Moore as he is, I do think they're sending talents. They're really good. D.J. Moore is a guy who's really good after the catch. You can get him the ball in space. He'll create. He's going to be a really good fantasy asset. I think he fits well with Teddy Bridgewater. Speaking of, Danny is a fool for not bidding on Teddy Bridgewater or drafting him. Uh, I think that would have been a perfect fit for his third QB and he would have had a little mini stat going on. Keenan Allen, he had a bad year, but so did the rest of that Chargers offense. They were pretty dysfunctional. Phillip Rivers was really bad. I still think Keenan Allen is like a top 15 wide receiver talent in the league, so I believe in him, as well as Allen Robinson. Uh, that's my boy. Obviously, he plays for the Bears. I follow his career since Penn State. Uh, he's a great talent. He's been hurt by QB play. Uh, like I said, I don't expect him to have as good of a year as he did last year, but he should be no 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 lower than a wide receiver, too, uh, towards the end of the year. I just, you know... With that QB situation, I fear his production will be a little up and down. You also got some, you know, good receivers in the draft. I love Brian Edwards. Loved him at South Carolina. He had a really, really early breakout age. He broke out. I think it, his his breakout age on Player Profile was like 18. So he was a guy who came in as like a true freshman, like killing, killing DBs in college. So I like him a lot as a prospect. You also bid high on Tyler Johnson and got him. Loved him at Minnesota. He's a really good wide receiver prospect and. Michael Pittman, who comes in as probably the best wide receiver technician out of this class. Uh, Really big, sound, route runner for a size. He has great hands, catches away from his body. I think he's a good prospect. And they're going to use him at X, the X receiver. So they're already saying they're going to use him on the outside. He should be in line for a lot of targets. Phillip Rivers is a quarterback who's not afraid to target his his outside wide receiver. So um, I like him, too. Your IDPs? I told you about your IDPs already. I don't know who the fuck Jonathan Abram is, bro. I know that's your Raider, but I have no fucking idea who that dude is. Um, Jordan Poirier, he's always around the top 12, top 15 DB. So you, you got some um uh depth at your 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 D-line position as well. Shaquille Barrett, he's great. I like what Max Crosby did last year as a rookie. He doesn't see a lot of double teams, so it remains to be seen that teams are going to throw more bodies at him to make him less effective. And you got Yannick Ngakwe, so I like your D-line. Uh, Isaiah Simmons. Uh, you're going to want to load up on, on linebacker. Isaiah Simmons, he's like a hybrid, bro. I think they're going to use him a lot um, in pass D as well as, um, you know, uh, playing him at a few a few snaps at safety. So you want players at linebacker who are going to play in the box a lot. So I think, like, after the first few weeks, you're going to be looking at more options for linebacker. But we'll touch on that, like, during the season. Um, who we got next, Kurt?
1: Thanks for taking Queen.
0: Oh, yeah, my bad, bro. Uh, next up,
2: uh, after Danny is Rio. Oh, gee. All right, Danny, talk about Rio.
1: Rio, my rival. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, Rio's team's solid. Um, I like to speak up for Dak Prescott. Hopefully, guy can, can keep his job. He doesn't put too much money. But um, technically <laughs> speaking, yeah, um, good job there, Rio, with that trade for Dak Prescott. I like his starting team. It's a little bit older. Um, but um, I feel like his starters are all pretty solid. I, I would just say that um, he would need a little bit more depth uh in his bench um however the Rio isn't one of those other gms that we've been talking about that uh took care of business even though he paid 75 bucks for philip rivers but that that secured his third starting quarterback in the league so he shouldn't have any problem at qb and since this is a super flex that's gonna be pretty important for
0: him kurt
2: yeah uh I'll I'll piggyback off what, what Denny said. I don't um necessarily love love his bench situation but I think he did a pretty good job um in the draft. I d I didn't like his first pick very much, but I, I think for his team that makes sense. Uh I like the acquisition of Dak Prescott, unfortunately. Um I think that's a good that's, that's a good pick for him. Yeah. Uh and I mean, you know, I want to say for mine, like, I wanted to say this during, like, Chris's segment, too. Like, I I didn't really factor in, like, age I was just doing um, based on, like, you know, the current season or the upcoming season. But if I factor in age, I think I would have Rio's team a little bit lower just because I feel like a lot of his best players are a little older. I mean, well, specifically, like, Julio and T.Y. Hilton but and A.J. Green. But um, for this upcoming season, I think he's going to be like uh like pretty good, pretty dangerous team to play against.
0: I agree, man. I'll, I'll pick you back up. What both of you say. First of all, I love Rio, man. He's like so steady. He he's never like a top two, like top tier team. But he's been in two grand finals, and he's always a playoff team. He had a down year last year, but he got hit with a bunch of injuries, and uh, I think he kind of. I, I I don't agree with Zach Moss in the first round, but. He drafted Zach Moss in the first round, and he's going to be in line for a lot of work. They say he's going to take over kind of that first and second down thumper role for the Bills, uh, essentially what Frank Gore was doing last year. And Zach Moss is way better than Frank Gore right now at this stage of his career. So he could be a high-end RB, too. Um, and if he scores a lot of touchdowns, he, he has some upside there. Rio has probably the best QB situation in the league, just based on depth alone. Uh, first, I'll, I'll say this. I agree with what Kurt said about like his older assets, his depreciating assets with Julio Jones and A.J. Green. But Rio has the ugliest, best team in the league. He's got four QBs that are going to start. So he has the ability to stream QBs, even in the Dynasty League, where there are no QBs on the waivers. He has a low-end RB1 in Nick Chubb, who I said earlier that Kareem Hunt will cut into his workload. But he's one of the most efficient pure runners in the league. So they're not going to take the ball out of Nick Chubb's hands too much. He's going to be an RB1 unless he gets hurt. Philip Lindsey, I know they acquired Melvin Gordon, but he should be in line for at least a 50-50 split, and he's a better pass catcher uh, than Royce Freeman on the team. So I think it's going to be a two-man committee with Royce Freeman being the odd man out. Sorry, Chris. So he's got Nick Chubb, Philip Lindsay, Zach Moss <laughs> to go along with his quarterbacks, and he's got good receivers. They're old, but they're good. I mean, he's got Julio. All this dude does is get up out of bed and go get 1,400 yards every year. T.Y. Hilton, when, he- uh, when healthy, he's a-, he's a great high-end wide receiver too. Uh, with upside, and he's got Phillip Rivers there, which it, it's not a QB uh, that you really, like, believe in based on his, his production last year. But I think he's an upgrade from Jacoby Brissett just because Philip Rivers takes a lot of shots down the field, which they weren't letting Jacoby Brissett do a lot last year. AJ Green, I'm a huge AJ Green fan. Um, I know he's going into, like, he's 31 right now, but... All this dude does is go out and get 1,000 yards. Um, I don't like Rio's depth behind him, but he did draft Visca, Visca 2 Live. My boy LaVisca Chenault from Colorado, love Visca Chenault as a prospect. Um, The only thing I pray for LaVisca Chenault is that he doesn't turn into um, Cordero Patterson. Uh, That's my only fear uh, because he's not a really refined receiver on the outside of route running. He's more like a gadget player, offensive weapon for now. Um, He's got to become more of a technician uh, with his route running and learning how to create separation on DBs and stack DBs on the outside if he's going to be, like, a really good fantasy asset. But you can put him at split in, You can put him in the slot. You can put him in the backfield. Just get the ball in his hands in space, and he can be really good. Um, Rio's tight end situation needs some work. He does have Dallas Goddard, but he's second fiddle to Zach Ertz. So um, he does have, like, a tight end problem. But I I like Rio's team. I think for starters, like, for starting players, as long as he doesn't have any injuries, Rio's going to be – easily a top six team i don't see how he, how he won't be he has really good idps as well i mentioned like joe sherbert last year whatever the fuck this dude's name is dropped like 30 points on me one game <laughs> i barely won and he's got a uh, Layden bander If he comes back from that neck injury he should be good he's got aaron donald who's a monster on the defensive line. frank clark robert quinn are good backups and he's got uh just these he, he needs probably a little work at db justin Reed. um he's probably his best db demarius randall um I don't know if he's going to be playing safety or or cornerback this year, so he may need to work on his uh his his DBs a bit. But I like Rio Steam and I like Rio as a GM, and he never trades his first either, so um he's got some draft capital going into next year. So uh, I think he'll be a top sixteen. Uh, who do we got next?
2: So we're down to the top three. Uh, Justin top is, three, uh,
0: three for everybody. I think. Yeah, yeah, he was three for all of us, Danny. Um, talk about Justin.
1: Well, Justin definitely has probably the best. I mean I mean never mind, I guess we have to get to your team, but one of the best running backs teams. So I mean Christian McCaffrey and and Cook as the RBs, I mean, that's probably enough to carry you. Dude managed to trade away two MVPs and he still has Deshaun Watson as a starting quarterback. So that's pretty solid. Um I feel like that trade that's for crazy. Devontae Parker was a was a good move. Uh and besides that, I, I honestly like Elmo, for example, I think Justin is a pretty good GM. Uh he definitely is always hawking the the waivers. Yes. He plugs and plays. He he finds uh diamonds in the rough. Um so he does a pretty good job of staying on top of his uh a team and probably one of the most active GMs in, in the league in my opinion. Um he does need a third a third wa- uh, quarterback, but besides that I would say his team's pretty solid.
2: Kurt. Yeah, um I agree with what uh what Denny said. I think um uh, a lot of you know, uh, uh, I'll say this just based on the history of the league, based on Justin, like uh, how he's performed as a GM. I think that's like that really played like that can, that contributed to me keeping him as a top three team, as well as like his um, I mean his running backs, because you know they, that that was a crazy situation last year. I actually don't really love Justin's teams, like if I'm being honest, just because he doesn't well. The lack of the two QBs, I think that's going to be like a like a problem for him, uh, you know, on bye weeks. And also, like I I don't I don't even really like his two QBs. Like if I'm being honest, I know like Drew Lock has like a lot of weapons, but you know, hopefully for Justin's sake, like he improves like uh, going into his next season. And Deshaun Watson, I mean, I love Deshaun Watson, bro, but we know what the situation is out there in Houston, so uh yeah we'll we'll see what happens with that um wide receivers again like he well he has like he has wide receivers that produce but I personally just I don't I don't like his I don't like his wide receivers even though they are like productive I don't like Juju I don't like the Monte Parker and I, I, I don't like Jarvis Landry but I mean Jarvis Landry is productive every year uh Um, Juju like he was productive in the past when Ben Roethlisberger was there like you know like I'll give him a a pass for last season because he was playing with second and third and fourth string quarterbacks or whatever so you know and I think he was dealing with injuries like for part of the season as well so like I'll give him a pass there and um, Devontae Parker had a breakout season last year so even though I don't like him you know I'm probably probably just holding his history Mm -hmm. uh, against him Um, but you know this was this, this last year seemed like his first real opportunity to shine, and he took advantage of it. So, I, I'll, I'll give Devontae Parker a pass, uh, in, in that regard. But I think, um, Darius Leonard, like, I, you know, I, I talk about Darius Leonard all the time. I don't, yeah, I, I like Darius Leonard, uh, as, as, inter, as far as like his IDPs. Um, I don't really, I don't really like his bench that much, but. Justin is one of those dudes, man, where I look at his team, like, every year, and I don't necessarily, like, love, like, how his team is, like, constructed. But Then he's in the grand final every year. Yeah, but he is up in the grand final every year. So, like, you know, got to give him his respect uh, as far as that goes. Yeah, like, uh, so that's that's my opinion on Justin's team.
0: Yeah, I'll piggyback off the back end of what you just said. Justin is ranked three for me solely off the fact that he's Justin. And I don't like his team going into the year, but as soon as something starts to break fix – like Justin's going to hop on top of it and fix his team. Um so his name holds a lot of weight for me because um we've been going head to head me and him for the past 7 years and Justin bro uh, we have two completely different approaches to fantasy like the way I build my team and the way he built his team but he's been my biggest competitor for the past 7 years. Um he always just finds a way like you mentioned like plug and play Danny mentioned his activeness uh, on waiver wire. He he's just He's the best at filling holes in his roster. He's the best at doing more with less, I'll say. Uh, His running back core uh, is elite, in my opinion. Uh, You talk about Christian McCaffrey was the number one overall RB last year. He played like fucking 99% of snaps. He had the most snaps played by a running back by far. Uh, They never took this dude off the field. Um, I know like coach speak coming out of the off season says they're going to try to limit his snaps. It's not happening, bro. Christian McCaffrey's going to play 95 plus percent of the snaps. They, their team sucks too bad to take this dude off the field. He's probably going to be the RB over one, over, uh, RB one this year as well. Um, I agree with what you said, Kurt, about Deshaun Watson having a downgrade year just because you take away a QB's number one uh, weapon on the outside. There's no way you don't give Deshaun Watson a knock in production. There's just no way they had a ton of chemistry. That was his safety net. Uh, he was the only guy Deshaun Watson was thrown to as, as a rookie. They developed chem- chemistry instantly. So taking away his number one receiver on the outside, there's just absolutely no way you can expect the type of season that Deshaun Watson's had over the past two seasons this year. Uh, he has Drew Locke. We we don't even know what Drew Locke is. Uh, he had a stretch at the end of the last year for a few games where he looked really good. But shit, that's such a small sample size. I don't really know um, like what his upside is because we just haven't seen enough of it. And then he has two... Uh, QBs on the back end who are backups. So he has Jameis Winston, who was a handcuff for Drew Brees when Drew Brees retires. Hopefully uh, for Justin, Jameis Winston will become the starter there. And he has Andy Dalton, who's backing up Dak, and there's zero chance Dak Prescott holds out like Dak is playing. So I don't think he'll be able to play Andy Dalton. So he does have a QB problem. He doesn't have a, a, a third QB. Uh, we only have four point per pass in a touchdown, so he can potentially put a wide receiver in his super flex. He, you don't want to do that, but uh, Justin will find a way. Um, like I talked about his running backs, he has Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey. He also has James Conner. When James Conner is healthy, uh, he's productive. He's got some handcuff backs as well as Carlos Hyde, who just got signed to Seattle. So Justin will figure it out his running back situation. And he also has like two elite RB1s. So if he wanted to, he could flip one of those for, you know, some deeper assets and some draft capital if he wanted to rebuild. I agree with what you said, Kurt, about his wide receivers. Personally, I don't like him at all. Everybody knows how I feel about Juju. I think he fucking sucks. Uh, he can't play on the outside. He was one of the worst wide receivers on the outside creating separation last year. Um, he benefited from Antonio Brown running a rough shot over defenses. Um, and without AB and without Big Ben, like this dude was, he, he was he was awful. Like from, a, from an advanced metrics perspective, he's just a really bad receiver on the outside. He is not good. He doesn't create separation. He doesn't have a good release. He doesn't have the speed to tech stack DBs on the outside. He's just not good to me. Uh, as a slot receiver, he's top five. He's an elite slot receiver uh, with Deontay Johnson breaking out. Potentially, you could see Juju a lot more in the slot, so he could be really productive uh, this year. I'm not saying he's not going to be productive. I just don't believe in him as a talent. Same with Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker broke out in his fifth year. Like, that's just that's just not good. Um, it doesn't take receivers <laughs> five years to break out. So it remains to be seen if last year was an anomaly, and they do have a new QB situation. So if, Ryan, if you were to tell me that Ryan Fitzpatrick was going to say 16 games, I'd say absolutely Devontae Parker could be a back-end wide receiver one, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think after that game five when Ryan Fitzpatrick goes out there and throws three picks – uh is gonna be the two a show. So we'll see Jarvis Landry. He is like the wide receiver two that you never want to draft because he has no upside. He'll go out there and get you 13, 14 points on a weekly basis, but you know he's not going to do anything beyond that. And then Justin's got like a bunch of like dumpster fire receivers after that, like a bunch of like deep, deep handcuffs. I do like the draft he didn't have any top three round draft picks, but at the top of the fourth he drafted DPJ, uh Donovan Peoples Jones out of Michigan. He wasn't very productive as a college prospect, but um, he tested really well. He's a crazy, freakish athlete. So if he be- can become more polished, and he's, he's in a wide receiver group with uh, Odell and uh, Jarvis Landry. So if he can come, like, into that locker room and learn from those guys, he could be, like, a, a really big fantasy asset down the line. Um, just this tight end situation, he's got some young tight end prospects. And Herb Smith, Devin Asiasi who was drafted this year, and Johnny Smith. But, like, none of those dudes are, are really proven, so we'll see what happens there. But Justin has really good IDPs. Kurt touched on this. He's got the maniac Darius Leonard, Deion Jones. On his defensive line, he's got Zadarius Smith, Cameron Jordan. Then he's got Von uh, Bell, Harrison Smith, and Keanu Neal as his DB. So, all in all, short story long, Justin's got a really good uh, uh, team uh, in regards to, like, his foundation. Like, he has a high NQB one. He's got two really good running backs. He's got receivers that can get it done uh, on a week-to-week basis, even though I'm not too high on them. And he's got a good defense and he's a good GM. So, I think he'll figure it out. He'll find a way to be a top three, top four team this year, even though – i i my bold take this year is Justin's not going to make the grand final, uh, just based on the amount of luck that he's had over the past two years making it. I, I, I'd be, I'd be shocked if this dude makes it again, bro. Like, and I don't want to see him, like, if I make it. So hopefully, hopefully I'm right about that prediction. But yeah, that's where I, that's where I sit on Justin's team. All right. Number two, we got Kurt. I'll go ahead and start with Kurt's team. Um, I love Kurt's team, man. I think he's, uh, the biggest, the biggest threat to, to my three-peat run. I, I've won the last two years. Um, uh, with 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 a stacked team, and we'll get to my team a bit in a bit, but um, we'll start with your quarterback situation, Kurt. You've got Kyler Murray, who everybody expects to be a breakout candidate at the QB position. Um, if he's going to be a high-end QB one, you'll be in really good shape there. Josh Allen, I like Josh Allen a lot because I don't think there's any way he can fall outside the top twelve unless he gets hurt because he has such a high rushing for. He's rushed for 500 yards in both seasons. Uh, your running back room is 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 good as well. Like you have. Alvin Kamara, and then you went and drafted Cam Akers, who I was really, really eye on. Depending on his position, he could have been one on one for me just because I followed his career since high school. He was the number one running back um, um, in the country, like out of the uh, top 1,000 um, uh, high school recruits when he came in. So he's a highly touted prospect. He was the number one running back in college after uh, yards after contact. So he's a really good guy at uh, forcing missed tackles and creating yards on his own. He played behind a terrible fucking offensive line at Florida State and still got over 1,100 yards. So I think Cam Akers is going to be like a breakout as a rookie. Um, You also got Leonard Fournette and David Johnson. Leonard Fournette was an RB1 last year. David Johnson, if you extrapolate what he did over the uh, first four weeks of last season, he would have been an RB1 as well. He just got um, a little nicked up and then ended up losing his job to to Kenyon Drake. So I don't know what he's going to do in Houston. Um, They haven't had a season under Bill O'Brien where they've given more than 55 targets to a running back. Uh, it remains to be seen if that'll change with David Johnson because he is a pass catching running back. And you also got some depth uh, with Matt Breida, who should be the one 2 punch in Miami uh, with Jordan Howard. So um, your running back situation is good where your team is strongest is your wide receivers. You have like, in my opinion, by far the best group of dynasty receivers. If we're looking at age adjusted production, because all your receivers are young and still ascending. Um, some of them haven't even reached their prime yet. You got, Devonte Adams, Mike Evans, Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper. And then you got some um, solid flex play wide receivers, wide receiver three, wide receiver fours, and like Russell Gage, Tyler Boyd, slot receivers that are going to contribute on their teams as well as Preston Williams. And he went and added one more receiver who was a wild card, but he could have a ton of upside because of his athletic profile and KJ Hamler. So you yeah, have got an excellent wide receiver room. Receivers usually hit their prime in terms of like real-life football between the ages of 28 and 31. Um, so all your receivers are actually like under the age of 28, so if you keep that receiver nucleus together, your team's going to be really successful in that aspect for the next several years, and then you also got a high-end RB1 and Alvin Kamara, so pair that with your receiver group and what we expect Kyler Murray and Josh Allen to do this season, you're in great shape there. Uh, Darren Waller, he broke out last year as the number one target for Derek Carr. Um, pretty small sample size because it's a one-season breakout, but I think he's really good. He's a converted wide receiver, so we know he can catch passes. I still believe in the talent of O.J. Howard, uh, so it remains to be seen if he's going to contribute a lot in the passing game for Tampa Bay, but I would imagine they didn't trade him. They'll find ways to get him involved. And you also snake Blake Jarwin off waivers after Elmo tried to pick him up, and then you you, you went and bid on him and, and, and snatched him away from, from Elmo there. Uh, you also went into the draft and drafted Adam Troutman, who's the consensus pretty much number one dynasty tight end out of this class. So you're solid there as well. Um, Like what you did in the draft with your IDPs, you went ahead and drafted Chase Young. I don't remember if you drafted him in third or fourth, but I thought that was a good pick. Um, He should be like the number one DN in this class in terms of dynasty. And you got DeMarcus Lawrence, Calais Campbell, Jamal Adams, Xavier McKinney, who's a rookie Uh, Tracy Walker had on my team last year. He's really productive. Gets a lot of tackles. Blake Martinez, he sucks as an NFL talent, but for fantasy, uh, he gets a lot of tackles. Uh, Fred Warner, he's a really, really, really good linebacker, and uh, San Francisco drafted another D tackle to replace Defoe. So as long as that defensive line is applying pressure, Fred Warner should be able to run free back there and get a lot of tackles. He's also good in coverage, so I like your IDPs a lot. Go ahead, Danny. What do you? Yeah, doing no, about definitely. First team? I
1: feel like you covered most of it, but um, I would agree. I, I think Kurt has one of the most well-rounded teams overall. Uh, he has depth at just about every position. He has the luxury of having wide receivers like Amari Cooper on his bench currently. uh he I believe in him as a GM overall. I mean he hits the waivers. He's he's gotten big pickups off waivers, for example, Waller or um Tyler Boyd from Cincinnati. So um like I mentioned, I believe in him as a as a GM. I feel like his team is pretty stacked up at everything. He has three starting quarterbacks that like I've been talking about, even though I trolled him for taking Kyler Murray last year, but chokes on me because we're in Superflex now, so. Uh, <laughs> so good job there, Kurt.
0: All right, Kurt, what you think about yourself, man? Oh, man,
2: you know, I know uh, when it was Denny's turn to talk about himself, he was like, I know this is awkward for you. This is not awkward for me, bro. I, I mean... <laughs> I'm hard bro. My team is my team is nice. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think I think uh I think you guys did a, a, a great job uh breaking it down, you know. I think uh looking at my team, the only <clears throat> only concern is like if I'm being serious like uh about my well I like my team in any league, man. Except, for, you know, the league with the team that we're gonna talk about next. But uh, yeah, I I, I really I, I really think I did a good job uh, building this team. I think I'm pretty well rounded. I think I, you know, I I still think there are areas where I can use a little bit of improvement. But I mean, I'm working, bro. That's 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 it. And I I really do hope that. Uh, the moving up to get Cam Acres, I, I hope that pans out, man. I, I hope he's uh what I expect him to be because I think if I can, if I have like two really good running backs, I think I, I, I'm a I'm a real contender there.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think the the top teams all have something in common. Like we talk about Danny, we talk about Rio, we talk about Elmo, we talk about like Kurt, like Justin being like really good GMs, and. um that holds a lot of weight to me, even though like some of these teams I could have ranked differently. Like we were splitting areas when we're talking about like Justin and um Elmo there. But you know, I've seen Justin do it like over the course of, of so many years. And same with you, Kurt. You've been really consistent ever since you joined the league. Uh this is going on your fourth year, so you actually inherited uh two players uh to start. So uh, I think the top six teams all have something in common and, and they're active. Everyone trades, uh they're active on the waiver wire. Um, and they know how to identify weaknesses in their team and fix them before they get out of hand. So, uh, all right, moving on to the team that we had as the consensus number one. This is uh, my team. Uh, Kurt, you go ahead. Tell me what you think about King of Diamonds.
2: Uh, I mean, bro, if you could do a created team on Madden, like, it probably wouldn't look like too much different than this. I mean, I just um, – I you know comparing like well I start with the wide receiver group I I think like what you said about the age and the production I think like that does like um lend itself to me but if we don't factor that in I mean you just have the best at pretty much every position like well not even pretty much at every position you have like the, the the best talent um Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers like that's that's ridiculous, uh, in itself. And then like if you look at the wide receivers, you got Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham is your third wide receiver, like that's that's nuts. Like that's that's actually nuts. And then running back Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, like I mean I mean, yeah, I don't even really have to say too much. Like, I think your team is pretty much self explanatory, <laughs> like from top to bottom, like easily the best the best team, like in, in the league. I don't even really think it's from like, I mean, from a real life talent perspective, I don't even think
0: it's really that close. Danny, what about what about you, man? What do you think about KOD? You, Ooh, mad? you still mad? Yeah, I'm
1: still mad. You know, i've I've done a I've done 18. <laughs> I think it was team redrafts, and I don't think I've, I was even able to build a team better than that in an 18 redraft. I showed your <laughs> team to a couple people, and they can't <laughs> believe how you managed to make that team. I mean, as much as I hate to say it, it looks like. We playing checkers and you playing chess. I mean, not only like what Kurt said, like yeah. you're pretty much stacked at every single position. You probably have like top three players for every single position. But the worst part is that you 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 had or have like first round multiple first rounders for the next couple of years. So I mean, it's not like you're sacrificing your draft capital to get the team you have. Like you have picks, you have players. We need to stop trading your first
0: rounders. Yeah, to,
2: to yeah, perfect- I mean. Oh, go ahead, I was just gonna just just to chime in there. I think like the thing the thing that that we see like when we look at Cam's team, and it's something that like other GMs should like consider too. Is Cam has like kind of always been one step ahead of everybody else, and this is like the result.
1: Probably more than one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. I... I I agree. It's I won't spend a lot of time talking about my team. It's been it's been a cumulative effect, like over the past several years, uh, with a couple trades that I really really hit on, and buying players. And I think this is something that, especially the bottom six teams have bad. They don't understand that in dynasty league, it's 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 a stock market. So value of players fluctuates. So we talk about a player like Chris, and I mean a GM like Chris in the last episode with. Players like Le'Veon Bell in his roster and him like trying to hold on to players because they have perceived value and not looking at the outlook for the next two or three years. When you're looking at your team in Dynasty, you should always be looking at a three year window. And if you have a team in Dynasty that's a middle of the pack team, that's the worst situation of being in Dynasty because you aren't going to contend for a title. And you're also not going to get a lottery pick, a top three to five pick, to add a piece to your team to get your team into contention. So I think one of the things, if I can offer any advice to anybody who chooses to fucking listen to, to this podcast uh, out of our league, is that if you're not first, you're last. I think that's a Ricky Bobby quote. But uh, it, it's, true, it's true in Dynasty. If you, if you don't have a chance to compete, then you should probably be looking at taking some of those veteran pieces off your team and flipping them for draft capital or some younger assets. Um, it doesn't make any sense for me, in my opinion, for some of these teams to have no shot at making the playoffs and they have players over the age of 27, 28 on their roster. That just makes no sense to me. It makes no, it makes no sense to me. Um, a, a team that, that has, like, I think about somebody like KB's team. Like, dude, you got Tom Brady on your team. I look at a player, a a GM like Justin, who doesn't have a third QB. I'd be trying to like flip Brady for a second round pick or some shit. Like, there's no reason for you to have to, like, you're not going to win more than five or six games. Why are you holding on to a 43 year old quarterback? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, So, if I'm a team that's consistently in a bottom five or bottom six, any player that I have who's on the back nine of his career, who's 27, 28, 29, 30, 30, God forbid you have any players over the age of 30 if you're a bottom 16, I'm trying to to shop those players. And I don't think like GMs in, in the league have done that enough. I've actually been able to pawn off players on my team that were up in age and flip to a team that wasn't a contender and been able to get draft capital for those players. So it's it's a big strategy play. You gotta know when to build it in. You gotta know when to mail it in and you gotta know like how to look at your team realistically. Something that the GM that we were last in this league, Tabron, just hasn't been able to do over the course of his career. And that's how he's ended up with so many players over the age of thirty on his roster. Um, I won't even talk about my team because I, I agree with everything that that you guys said there's, there's really no need to, to dive into my team. I, I, I did a lot of hard work and made a lot of trades and stayed active on waivers. I pretty much took the approach of coming from every possible angle to build my team, whether it was activity on the waiver wire, capitalizing on trades, um, and and drafting well. Uh, so, yeah, don't really have uh, too many too many weaknesses uh, on my team, and hopefully I can contend for another title this year. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Any, anything else that you guys want to add before we close out? We're like um... – 20 minutes over
2: time. uh, Yeah, that about sums it up, bro. Uh, For me, I think this was a good uh, first episode, man. Or second episode.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think so, too, man. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Denny, what about you? No, that's all I got. Cool. I don't know what we're going to talk about on the next episode. Um, We'll definitely trim the episode down maybe to like 45 minutes. We're probably at like an hour 15 right now. So I don't want to give you guys like too much to listen to. But uh, it was like the first episode, so we're pretty much just spitballing there. And we had a lot to talk about because we did – um, rankings for all 12 teams so we broke up the podcast into two episodes basically uh teams ranked 12 through 6 and uh, i'm sorry 12 through 7 and then teams ranked 6 to 1 so we'll put them out separately and i'll send it out to like the group chat for you guys to listen all, all right, right folks. if that's all it right, then man. i guess we'll call it
1: all right thank you thanks guys. y'all Good.